but but the but the reality is is that that shit's fucking terrible and i you know everybody's got an asshole and everybody's going to go mm-hmm. through a colonoscopy and i guarantee you you will hate every moment of that shit but, but, but at that's least what I'm you'll saying. know that your butthole's in, in good check that's what i'm saying is you won't really hate it you'll hate the process of getting to the doctor but once you get to the doctor you lay down you go to sleep you wake up and somebody takes care of you you know it's like it's not that bad the finger in the butt it's not that bad you know I mean? it's time now for something positive we might be headed to the promised land the of promised speaking land, the truth the land. and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience of conscience because conscience. that is how it works this is the beginning it is not the finale and that's why we're here and that's why we rally 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 we've got to be that creative minority creative minority creative minority a way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Frankly, I know we've got to do something. No, the the finger in the ass isn't that bad, but I guarantee you having prostate cancer is that bad. Right. It's like, would you rather have prostate cancer or finger in the ass? I personally right. am going to pick finger in the ass every time. I had a doctor stick his finger, he stuck his face in there. He spread me wide open. He's like, that's cancer. And I was like, what? And then he stuck a camera in my bladder and he was like, yeah, that's cancer. And then I talked to my doctor and she was like, you don't have cancer. There's no markers for cancer. And I was like, oh, and she's like, it's hemorrhoids. And I was like, hemorrhoids. She's like, it's hemorrhoids. (laughs) You know, it's like scary. And I see those commercials all the time where they're like, I remember the first time I heard, you know, and yeah, it's Mm -hmm. that devastating to find out you have cancer. But I also had the colonoscopy doctor say, Hey, we, we clipped a polyp, you know, we stopped cancer. And that was nice to hear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just remember in our, just as, as we get ready to move into our next line, when preparations A through G fail, preparation H works on the whole. Holy cow, does it work on the whole? <laughs> <laughs> so we have a we have something here about do you know what title 42 is? Uh remind me. Title 42 is the uh act that says we, we we're not gonna let people over the border because of COVID. You know, we're mm, trying to yep. protect ourselves. And I mean, COVID mm-hmm. restrictions are ending and there's some Democrats that have gotten together to question the CDC's um, use of this policy. They think that should be disbanded. I think it should be disbanded. I just was wondering if you had any. I, I am irrationally pro-migrant. And so sometimes I come to you for balance and I know that makes you a bad guy from time to time. You know, but that's the thing. We're, like- we're at that point to where you know, we can restrict this safely. Um, I, I would honestly say we're close and, uh, I would say, here's why I would say that, uh, no time during COVID have we had as many tools available to fight the disease as we have right. now. We have vaccines widely available in the country. Um, we have monoclonal antibodies very available throughout the con- uh, the country and increasing um, mm-hmm. especially now that we have omicron specific um 
uh, monoclonal antibodies. Right. Um, The one that I'm really looking forward to that I'm really hoping they get production ramped up on that, you know, very quickly is um, the, the Pfizer Merck uh, antiviral pill. um, That's a protease inhibitor. Right. right. That one scrambles your DNA so that the virus won't attach. No, it scrambles the virus's DNA is what it does. Oh, it shuts down the mitochondria of the virus essentially. Nice. Um, Boom, that's science. Yeah. So, and in a way, and this would be a fun one to have with talk with Dan is, from my understanding of it, is basically like it scrambles that, it makes it so that way the virus can't reproduce. And then essentially mm-hmm. what ends up, you know, you end up having this weird ass backward way of live attenuation. Right. <laughs> because then you have this virus that can't do anything. Your body goes, fuck it, intruder, it, ta- it attacks it. And then from there, your body develops the, the memory cells and the antibodies to yeah. fight off this virus. That is so cool. So to me, we're almost there um, is what I would say. But do you, um, are you agreeing with the overall re, um, elimination of restrictions? Like we're not in crisis mode anymore, but we're going to ease up and we're just going to yep. go back to like preventative instead of would, locking would, us all down. We're going to attack hotspots. And I think there's I fewer say, hotspots. So I'm excited about this. So, so here's how I would say this is that I, I, I think we're going to see like a modified what a modified quarantine is is how i would call it and it's not going to be something that i would say is going to be subjected you know uh or mandated by a government i honestly think that businesses are going to push this more than anything and the way that i would see it is is that you know you know we've got testing widely available to make to find out if people are popping positive um with that if we have a stack of the the antiviral pills on hand you would pop those start the process of fighting the virus off if you got vaxxed you're already way ahead of the game right and then if things move towards severe because people who are vaxxed are still ending up in the hospital then you have courses of monoclonal antibodies that are available to help give your body a boost if these three other checkpoints have failed you Right. And so by having all of these things available to you, we are going to be able to drastically limit the number of COVID hospitalizations that are going to be happening in the future. Yeah. And so for me, it's just about making sure we have enough availability of those tools. And I think that we're almost there. And I think that we will get there very quickly. And I would imagine that by summer, we will be there. Mm-hmm. I question, I question, you know, how soon they're doing this, but at the same time too, I, I see why they're doing it. And, and it's area specific. Those, those are places that have way lower numbers than other places. I mean, California dropped all their mandates on the 15th. So, yeah. and, and they've had, they've had a pretty decent case. We're waiting, um, here in Washington until the 21st of March to drop ours. Right. Uh, Oregon is dropping theirs on the 31st of March. Uh, so like when I look at the data that Washington used, like it's like, we're going to be below the marker that they're wanting to say by maybe a day or two, or three mm-hmm. days. And I'm like, you know, it would make more sense to extend it to the 31st, but I get it. You're, you're going to go off of that model. Sure. And so to me, like if they had extended it out to the 31st, it would make more sense. And so one of the things that, you know, I was actually having this conversation with, you know, a local business owner last night is like, look, you know, the mandates, the, the, the government's mandates end on the 21st here in Washington, but businesses can still choose 
to keep masking requirements in their place of business for themselves and their customers. Personally, I think depending on volume, it should be something you heavily consider continuing. And and I think in the short term, it should be as well. Yeah. Um, just because, like I said, I want us to have more of these tools available mm-hmm. um, before we get to this point. And, and, and I think that we're going to get there very quickly. Uh, if there's anything that I've learned about how quickly we're able to spin up some of these, you know, like vaccines, for example, like right. the monoclonal antibodies, for example, those have been spun up really fucking quick. And that's great. The, the production of the antiviral pill is going to be something that is also going to take uh, some serious time to get going. But it seems like we're being, get, being given the space between waves to actually gain ground. So I'm excited right. about that. And I want to say really quickly, thank you to everybody that just went along with the process. You dragged 40% of our country to success. And mm-hmm. 40% of our country fought us every step of the way. I didn't want to wear a mask. I didn't want to get vaccinated. I did it. I did it. And I'm so happy I was part of the group that dragged America through that, you know? Right. And that's, and that's the thing is, is that, you know, with all of these tools available, I really think that we're there. And what it boils down to is, is that for people who can't get vaxxed, and this is the conversation that I was having last night, it's like, you know, yeah, you can't get vaccinated. Um, There's a lot of data that's coming out about how, you know, people who've had COVID, you know, are their their bodies are remembering COVID and they're mm-hmm. fighting the variant better and There's other, a lot of other diseases too, which is exciting. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and 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 especially where they're finding out that yeah, you know, like those who got vaccinated, they're seeing that you know that immunity wanes, but the the ability to produce memory B cells is being stored in bone marrow, and mm. they're finding that you can actually like your body's actually remembering how to fight these different variants at producing those memory cells, uh, and the antibodies very quickly. Honestly, there's there's a lot of great tools that are happening, and I really do think that we're going that we're at the time that it's time to look at moving into endemic care. So. Hey, by the way, they're also learning that COVID buries itself in your heart tissue and lung tissue. Yep. That's, and that's some research going on. (laughs) Yep. Well, like I said, I know that it fucked with my heart. So, right. And this is a real concern I would imagine for people with kids under five still, and for people that are compromised and can't get vaccinated, this has to be a scary ass world for them. I mean, at least, at least Omicron is slightly less deadly, more, more infectious, less deadly. And I don't know, maybe if you get it, like the, the queen of England has COVID COVID. Yep. She's so, like 200 years old. <laughs> so here's, so here is, so here's reality for, for the younger groups is, is that, yeah, the younger groups have had far less that's it's affected them far less. Right. And you know, we were, we were on the cusp of having the vaccine available to kids, but it was, it became very clear that two shots just wasn't doing anything. It wasn't right. doing enough and that it really needed to be three. So they're, they're going back to get more data on that and because mm-hmm. they've been working on that. And great. When that comes out, you know, I, you know, I, I think probably this summer, yeah, you'll see, you'll see kids, you'll see kids able to get that, that three dose vaccine. You're also going to see other vaccines come out that do different uh, proteins, not just the spike protein. for the Right. Vaccine. 
And so you're going to, you're going to have a wider tool. And what you're going to see moving forward is people like me who know my lungs are trash. are going to get, you know, their booster shot in August, you know, in, because I mean, we've got a couple of years worth of data and so far, you know, what it looks like is summer, not so great for COVID winter, very good for COVID. And so getting boosted like you do for the flu, um, before you go into, um, you know, the, before you go into winter is going to be helpful for people like me Yeah. and, you know, people who don't want to get boosted, aren't going to get boosted. And we have any number of tools that are going to help keep people alive. But for people who can't get vaccinated, now is the time to start speaking to your doctor about what is available for you. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people, monoclonal antibodies are going to be there. Um, I'm hoping that there's a more reliable supply of the antiviral pills coming up. That's going to be insanely helpful for people yeah. who uh, are unable to get vaccinated. And it's going to help them. Uh, it's going to help their body actually fight the virus in whole. Um, I would argue probably better than the monoclonal antibodies were. Yeah. Um, I'd like simply, to see, I'd like to see response vehicles to hotspots. You know what I mean? Like just suddenly a truck full of what you're saying, all of this stuff and just handing it out, you know? So actually I, I don't want to see that. What I would like to see is it's something even more proactive than that. Nice. Like for example, what I would like to see is, is that, you know, if these antiviral pills can be stored reliably for a long enough period of time mm-hmm. you know you have you have a pack at home for every person right if you start showing symptoms you get your you do your fucking nose swab mm. and you find out you know hey did i pop positive if i pop positive okay well shit let's test again tomorrow let's see if i pop positive pop positive again tomorrow you start that treatment and then that way you're not you're not having to spend time in a hospital to try and get the pills. You're not having to go, you're not having to find yourself traveling to places in order to get these pills. You know, for somebody like you, where you're going to have mobility issues, having this stuff at home and ready for you to take in the event that you pop positive. Well, I don't want anybody going to the pharmacy to get the pills if they're positive. Like that exactly. doesn't make sense. Stay home. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and so by having, by having the mechanism to have this available to you at home, mm-hmm. my hope is, you know, and that's, and, and, and this is the reality of, you know, hoping that people are responsible enough. It's like, Hey, this is kind of like, you know, your first aid kit, you know, you, you, you don't just put a bandaid on because you think you need to put a bandaid on. You put a bandaid on because oh, shit, I cut myself. Right. Same thing with the COVID pills. You don't just take the COVID pills to take the COVID pills. You take the COVID pills because fuck, I pop positive. Ah, shit. I pop positive again. I right. gotta take this. You don't and take then, Viagra just to take Viagra. Exactly. <laughs> and then, and then that way it's like, you know, not everybody in your household is going to take it either because let's say I pop positive, but nobody else in the house does mm. great. Then they've got their stash ready for them for the moment that they pop positive. Yeah. And that's, and I think that that's going to be the more proactive measure to it. And I think that would honestly be the better option for this. Yeah. And then, and then here's, you know, and then here's my thought on the matter is, is that once you know, once these tools are widely available, and I honestly think that we'll be there by late spring, I think Title 42 can go away. Me too. I, at, at that point, it's like, it's it's the whole airplane analogy. You have to, you don't put your kid's mask on 
Because your kid can't put their mask on themselves. And if you fucking pass out trying to put your kid's mask on, both of you are dying. What is going on with that, Jeffrey? I'm sorry. Marco Rubio, is, he's protecting people that... Did we talk about this? I feel mm-hmm. like we talked about this. I talked about it so much. Um, American Airlines wants the DOJ to create a no-fly list for people that are committing domestic violent acts, like punching stewardesses and trying to open the, the airplane door and rushing the cabin. They want, they want these people on a no-fly list. And Marco Rubio and eight other senators were like, no you're being mean to people that don't want to wear masks. And, you know, this lady got punched in the mouth. She's like, it isn't about masks. It's about violence on airplanes. And this is, what the fuck are, why 6,000, 6,000 incidents in 2020. And the numbers are set to be twice as much this year. Why are people committing violence on airplanes? What, why, why, why would people do that? <laughs> well, all I can say is, is that, Sorry for the if, hard pivot. What the fuck are you just, you know, what the, f- <laughs> all I can, all I can say is, is that if, if one of the, if one of the guys that punched a stewardess happened to be somebody wearing, um, you know, traditionally Muslim gear and, you know, citing Quran verses, mm-hmm. I guarantee you they'd end up on a no fly list faster than you could fucking blink. But because, well, it's, you know, this, you know, normal American, fuck off right like, like, like if you're going to attack people on a fucking plane then you end up on a fucking no fly list like people who attack people on a fucking plane that's all plain and simple that's fairly like we obvious can have, <laughs> we can have the conversation about you know freaking out about masks and not be you know wanting to wear a mask on a plane but yeah somebody it's not who's, even about that though i don't know right if right. if 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 you hit somebody period end of story on that plane mm-hmm. you should be on a no fly list yeah I would have every reasonable expectation that if I assaulted another passenger or part of the flight crew, that my ass is number one, going to be ending up in a jail cell, but number two, I'm never going to be able to fly again. I think that's a reasonable expectation. If you make the plane land halfway through its trip so that you, you have to be disembarked by the police. I mean, imagine like the kids that are on a plane having to see this stuff. I just, it's crazy to me. And I think to myself, we were in isolation so long that maybe people forgot how to be people. You know what I mean? I don't like, think that the, I don't think that that's the case. I mean, we all know that being fucking violent on an airplane is a terrible thing. We've known this since, yeah. well, I mean, if you didn't know this, you, you know, you're either too young to remember September 11 or you're old enough that that should pretty well be fucking etched in your memory. Right. One shoe bomb and we all have to take our shoes off forever seriously or you know like the fucking underwear attempt the underwear bomb attempt oh which God, yeah. by the way somebody trying to blow themselves up dick and balls first yeah welcome Not to the head of al-qaeda i heard but, that's what he did but uh yeah but he but the reality is is that anybody who's anybody who's you know perpetrating violence on an airplane fuck yeah they should be on a no-fly list yeah me too. I just don't understand why you would even do that. I've been in an airplane. I don't like standing up and walking down the aisle. You know what I mean? Like I sit there until we land because it, I it messes with the vertigo in my head. You know, so right. I don't. I don't just don't understand why you would want to risk further movement on a plane like that by being. Why would you punch a stewardess? Like they're not. They're not. Oh, whatever anyway well i mean you know why there's there's plenty of reasons why they i wish it. i knew involves, i wish i knew it is it just white enti- be, is yeah, it white entitlement yeah 
It's exactly what it is. Like, I want to see how much I can get away with. Don't dare stop me. I don't under. Somebody said that the radical right is simply the hippie generation of this time. <laughs> like, they're questioning authority all over the place, you know? I know it's, and that's the thing is, is there's a difference between questioning authority being like, why are you making me do something that's harmful to others versus why are you making me do something that I don't like? There's a difference. Like I am all about, I am all about questioning something, making somebody do something that's harmful to others. Like for example, the draft. Yeah, you know, the wars, that's a very, right. you know, the wars and the draft, the hippies had every right to question why, you know, the, yeah. why people were being forced to do that because it was harmful to other people. Yeah. But this idea of, well, I'm going to question this because I don't like it. Well, how is a mask harmful? Well, I read on the internet, fuck off <laughs> next, but even more important, it's like, how dare a stewardess try and be authority over me? You know, but you know, damn, you know, cause it's damn not about well. masks. Not a, this and stuff you, isn't about masks. I don't know how know to explain. You know damn good it. and well that that the stewardess who's telling you to put on your mask and the dude that hauls out and fucking punches her—that's probably not the first woman he's punched. Right. Guarantee it. I just I, I, like some of it is just sit down, please, or put your tray table up, or your seat is over here. You're, you know, it, a lot of it is isn't mask stuff. It's just people not wanting to abide by the normal things in life. Like, why would somebody go and try and open the cabin door? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not because of a mask. That's why. why. And did they actually think that they had the right to just go and do that? Like that they wouldn't be stopped. And why would you fight the person stopping you when you know you're going to be stopped for trying to do something that you should be stopped trying to do? Like, where's mm-hmm. the rationale in trying to kill everybody in the plane? And why well, is that not on a no-fly list for even attempting it, you know? And that's a, well, and, and you know, you know, the reason why is, is because that would... Uh, the same way that disavowing white supremacy alienates a group of my support fuck off if if you're so if you're so scared about alienating a group of people who you fucking should be alienating then fuck right. off just fuck yeah. off right it's like okay cool that's that's what you want to support by all means go for it yuck and yuck. i hope that you uh get buried in a sweater Right. I would have much rather Marco Rubio said, we need this list, but people need to be able to work their way off of it. You know, <laughs> like you, there was a reasonable and rational way to discuss this without saying mm-hmm. no, no restrictions at all. Like there has to be, it's an airplane. <laughs> Seriously. Nobody, nobody. I mean, what, I mean, okay, Marco Rubio, how about the next time you fly, we turn your plane into fight club. Right. Like, there's certain things. If I'm walking on a tight wire, don't fucking shake the tight wire. If I'm on an airplane, don't cause a disturbance on an airplane. <laughs> and that's the, and that's just it is, is like, you know, that's where a lot of these people are so fucking removed from reality that I'm like, how, how is it that you think that this is okay? Right. Like, oh yeah, no, assaulting the flight, the flight crew is totally, you know, well, I mean, this is also the same group that decided that, you know, January 6th was legitimate political discourse. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, shit doesn't fucking surprise me. <laughs> That's just it. When you support insurrection, you have to support everything below that. <laughs> it's just terrible. God. 
I don't know. And I'm personally, I just, I started paying attention to Marco Rubio, you know, cause he's my Senator. And I'm like, I wonder what he's doing. And then he was like, Joe Biden's giving crack pipes to black kids. And I was like, where is this guy going? <laughs> this stuff? Hell with any luck. Right. So I don't know. I'm sorry. So there's a new law. I'm going to ask you about it. I talked to some people about it. Georgia is um, setting a new bill so that you can, you can get tax credits for donating to the police department in a range of fashions. So if you want to donate to police training, if you want to donate to mental health responders, if you want to donate to new uniforms, new weaponry, you can donate any way you want. And corporations are not excluded from also participating in the donation process up to a hundred million dollars a year. What do you think? Um, <clears throat> well, uh, two different thoughts on that. Um, I think if I think if you want to affect change, especially if you're looking at a, a policing reform that focuses heavy, heavily on mental health, then I would say, uh, especially if you're going, if you're trying to avoid, you know, paying taxes in donating to something like that is absolutely a worthy cause especially if you know your tax money is going towards things that are typically awful um like but but the idea that you could just like blanketly uh blanketly uh blanket support different you know the whole police organization i don't know how i feel about that um, I like the idea that they have all these different mechanisms and ways that you could do it. It definitely, I would say, makes me feel a little bit better. But at the same time, too, I don't know. That's that's kind of, it's kind of cringe. Uh, in my opinion, I would like to see more options. Like maybe instead of donating to the the police and their mental health, that you could donate to, say, the state's mental health uh the state's mental health department i think that would be fantastic it's like make make that more of an availability because let's let's be real honest you know by having a strong state health system maybe there's you know i i do think that there's a lot more that you could potentially affect than just donating to the police does yeah. i like the so, idea of trying to put my money in the budget where i want to put my money in the budget my concern and somebody else's concern that I talked to about this was that corporations could front load the donations and then literally buy the police. Like, where are the police going to go and respond to their donator, Walmart, or the black guy that they just keep arresting? You know what I mean? And and that's and that's why I'm like, uh, I, I yeah. like I struggle with that one a little bit. Like I like the idea of donating to like the mental health department side yeah. of, of, yeah, the, yeah, of yeah. the police help get that stood up. I think that is actually uh, a wise like you know have a crisis unit you know donate mm -hmm. to that to get that up and running off the ground. I think that's I think that's great, and I think that's a far more viable solution than just you know donating to the department as a whole. Right. And um, letting them decide to do what to do with their bloated budget. Ex no, exactly. I guess there's five cat, five categories. You can donate up to a uh, $5,000 each to a year. But mm -hmm. I just don't know how corporations get away with donating so much money. So maybe like 10 Walmarts could get together and donate 50,000 into where they want it. But I don't know. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great beginning. 
You know what I mean? Like I think every law is weird in the beginning, but once they iron out the edges, it could be something really positive. There's there's something to it. And 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 realistically, the way that I would like to see something like that work is more like the hey, we've heard the community say we want X, you know, in order mm-hmm. to speed up the transition to X, we're going to do this as a tax-free donation, uh, you know, set up this tax, this tax write-off donation to transition to X. I think right, that, right. you know, for example, like you could, you could absolutely do that in any number of fashions. Like you said, you know, standing up crisis units for people who are looking to move more towards that instead of just general policing. Right. Um, in, you know, increasing the capacity of your mental health services. Um, I would say you could do that with, you know, the change, the switch over to green energies and things like that. There's any number of, mm-hmm. there's any number of mechanisms that you could do. I just don't know that I, I necessarily like the idea that you could sw- just support like, you know, you know, funding police officers or, funding, right. you know, you know, their, their equipment budget or any number of things like that. Like, right. I want to <clears> pay <throat> for a new Humvee. I want to, I want to pay for them to have assault training, you know, it's like, yeah. And then, and then what happens to their budget? The one they had before this, do they still get say the $10 million a year budget that they've always had, or does that decrease as they get the donations? It's, interesting to me how it works and that's oh. so weird in a red state to defund and refund the police <laughs> you know what i mean well and, and like you said you know the biggest issue when it came to defund was wasn't there was uh you, the way yeah. that you want to transition over it's never just straight cut and then try and stand up something new you right want to stand up something new and then cut yeah, and I think Joe Biden and Eric Adams in New York, they know that. That's what they their speeches were about last exactly. week. Exactly. You know? And that's and that's the thing is is like and, and that's what a lot of places are finding out is they straight up cut and you know, places like Minneapolis are now they're like, shit, that <laughs> fucking sucked, and now they're just yeah. bringing it all back. And that's like, where it came from, by the way. One kid in the George Floyd protest said defund the police one time. And the Republicans jumped on that shit. You know what I mean? Nobody else ever said that. <laughs> so, and, and, and other and, American myths, by the way. <laughs> you know, and 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 that's the thing is, is like, you know, if if you're going to do some of these other things that you know arguably need to be done, right? You still have to stand that stuff up first before you mm-hmm. transition other things away. Because, you know, in reality, there there are things that, you know, we still need police for. And arguably what we all know is, is that, you know, they've been put on things that they really had no business dealing with. And the sorry, wrong, but and the, it, it attracts the wrong people. It's mm-hmm. just attracting the wrong people that are in it for the power and not the community. Like, look, anybody can go, you know, walk the beat and fuck with the homeless and, you know, mm-hmm talk shit to you know people who are addicted to drugs right or you get a you know an actual crisis unit that you know is meant to bring people that have training in mental health yeah to a situation and try and you know peacefully resolve the situation what you ultimately want to begin with yeah i want a peacekeeper i don't want a warmonger i don't want somebody looking for trouble i want somebody that's and and, and looking to solve it and in the cases where, you know, you do have somebody who is, you know, causing serious trouble, you know, that's when you have, you know, your actual police force. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually, you know, we actually need them dealing with issues like, 
trafficking. We actually need them dealing with murders and homicides. We actually need and them rape, dealing, by the way. We, we, we actually need them dealing with actual violent offenses. Being homeless and is not a violent offense, and I don't need you fucking around with that. You know, I'm tired of reading people this. putting those two together, by the way. That really? every homeless person is a violent criminal with mental illness. And they're not, you know, they're not. There's, yeah, like everything else, there is there is some overlap that does happen, but that's not sure. every person. No, but but this is also, you know, you've also got the same group that somehow, for you know, the better part of fifty years, thought gay meant pedophile, and they couldn't figure uh -huh. out how that, you know, or or that, you know, if you if you were friends with somebody who was gay, you were going to catch the gay. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? You're going to catch brunch? I what? And now, fucking sense. now we believe that if we don't give pen, uh, pedophiles any room to access any help to prevent their illness, that that's fine. They'll do it on their own. They won't attack mm -hmm. children if we deny them um, private psychological care. Yeah, punish them. I mean? Punish punish them for seeking help for something yeah. that they're yeah totally makes right. sense. Because if a pedophile goes <clears throat> to a psychiatrist and says, "I think I'm dangerous." then they have to be reported without actually ever committing a crime. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think is really dangerous. And it's the same thing with police officers. If a police officer says, I am starting to really resent homeless people overall, there's nowhere for him to go without being reported for a bias. And I think these are real issues. We need more Absolutely. privacy so people can work out their stuff. Absolutely. Well, and, and that's the thing is, is like, I, you know, our, you know, when you look at our police force versus, you know, other countries' police force, one of my favorites uh, to look at is Japan's. Mm. So Japan, they don't have like, you know, uh, they don't have just, you know, like a police department like we all do across a number of cities or, or county sheriff's office. Right. Uh, they got the you know, show. They have a national, they have a national police force. Samurai. <laughs> and so there you go. Sorry. <laughs> and so, and so they'll end up getting rotated to different places. You know, so they might, they might be working in, you know, the big cities one day, or they might be working in, you know, like a college town or they'll hmm. work in a rural prefecture, you know, they get rotated around. So that way you don't have these same implicit biases because you just get absolutely desensitized to, you know, whatever your normal routine is. So the idea is, is that, you know, you're going around and you're working in all of these different areas. And you don't have that same level of burnout because let's be real honest, you know, working big city crimes is going to, you know, burn a person out, but also too, like working, you know, small rural, you know, police department might not necessarily have the speed and pace that you're looking for. And, you know, by being adaptable in those situations, they can move into different areas and it gives you a break from the high stress, but it also gives you the chance to connect with community and understand how to connect with community. And then if you go back into, you know, a bigger city, you have, you, you're constantly changing. So it's not just this, you know, it's like, yeah, I walk around and I'm, and, you know, I hit, you know, third and pine and I see my, you know, normal, you know, drug camp, blah, 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 blah. And I fucking hate these people. And mm -hmm. that no, doesn't yeah. help. I also like um, police officers being community members. It's really nice to think that there's a police officer at your barbecue or at the, you know, uh, street 
party, whatever they call those things. Like I like party block parties. Like I like the idea of having responsible, more responsible role models, male role models for men and women to see, you know what I mean? I think that's important too. I think one of my, I think one of the funnier ones that I saw was, you know, kids were making fun of the, making fun of these cops that were at a skate park. And so, you know, one of them's like, whatever, you can't skate. And they threw him a board and he was, he was in his full gear running around the skate park, Nice. you know, doing kick flips and shove and grinding the rail and all that other fun stuff in full gear Yeah. or, uh, you know, Shaq, who's, you know, a police officer went and played a bunch of, he went and played a basketball game with a bunch of cops and a bunch of kids and because they got a noise complaint at five in the afternoon of kids playing basketball on the street, mm. you know? there there is absolutely some validity in having police be community members yeah and and understanding you know it's like look kids have every right to be out there but at the same time it's like look i don't need i don't need cops going around and dicking around with you know a bunch of kids playing basketball on the street mm-hmm. i got better shit to do it's but like there if, is, if, if, there's a lot of good police officers out there you know what i mean and what would make them better officers is knowing that they're looked up to you know knowing that they're not being put in positions where they don't have any of the tools, mm-hmm. you know, like we've talked about this before. I've had a couple of conversations with family and friends and it's like, look, are you trained to deal with, you know, the homeless and uh, as far as policing goes? Well, no, like, okay. Like you're trained to deal with what violent offenders. Yeah. So why am I surprised that you're treating them like a violent offender? Exactly. It's the person that we're, we're attracting to the job you know what i mean there's a bunch of people that want to have power over other people they become police officers so they can have that and then they use that instead of being walking out your front door and seeing that basketball game and being a part of it because honestly there's a there's like a general rule between nine and nine do what you want but before and after those times be nice and respectful to your neighbors you know what i mean right you can't complain about everything everybody does they have the freedom to do it you can pick one thing and ask them to pay attention to that but other than that you're just being kind of a jerk or you know like if you're don't want if you or don't want kids playing basketball in the street you could i don't know say build a basketball court that's close to their houses somewhere else yeah yeah so they can go play on a basketball court instead of in the street right but you know there's 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 more power in bitching about a situation and trying to get the cops to do something rather than i don't know like actually giving uh your community something that you know kids can go play a game of basketball right and you can fight for that in any committee meeting in your local council meetings you can go there and say i want a basketball court far away from my house (laughs) you know know, and and that's the thing is like you know i've been to a number of different cities where you know you have all you know where they've done some great community planning and part of that community planning has been basketball courts or Mm. any number of entertainment options for kids heck yeah so so i think that's fantastic and, and and that's one of those things that community has to decide how they want to be viewed as well like you can sit down and say not in my backyard all you want but if you don't fucking give somebody a place to do something it is going to be in your backyard period end of story yeah it's like whether or not you want homeless people around you can sit down and say not in my backyard all you want but unless 
you provide the space and the resources, guess what? Homeless people are going to be in your backyard. And mm. when you do stupid shit constantly that pushes people out in a way, or what you think is going to push people out in a way, yeah, it all actually doesn't. Because where are they going to find their resources? Place that you know you think that you're pushing them out of. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to. Ah, oh, it's off topic now, but ad, uh, addicts aren't addicts because of the high. Addicts are addicts because of the addiction. Like they're trying to survive mm-hmm. the addiction at some point. The high doesn't matter to them, so they're not they're not weak people that are that are focused on a high. They're really strong people surviving something, mm-hmm. surviving uh, withdrawal. Ninety percent of a, an, an addict's life is withdrawal, like and two percent is high so yeah mm-hmm. we need and to care more about I, I saw <clears throat> the i saw a show I, I don't have this in my note either but it was the there's two drug sites open clean drug sites where you can go and do drugs in new york and i was like i asked ezra ezra brought it up and he i was like well let's talk about it come on my show and he was like well i don't like the idea and I was like, well, I don't necessarily like the idea either. But then I saw a show about them. They were covered on the news. They do. They offer addicts needles. They offer mm-hmm. them crack pipes. They offer them any means to use their drugs safely and cleanly and monitored. And if there's a sign of overdose, they monitor them. They have a crash cart. They have they have the Narcam. They have everything they need and the moment an addict says i need help before they can change their mind they whisk them away and they get them help (laughs) and i think every addict wakes up from their high and goes i can't keep doing this so i really like Mm -hmm. now i really like the idea of meeting addicts where they are yes there's a crack pipe there for them to use their product but they're using it safely and they're giving they're they're right in front of an off-ramp they're doing their drugs right in front of an off-ramp and that's better than a mile down the road you know that's one of the things that i was actually looking at earlier today is you know here um apparently in in one of the like the the parking lots to one of the many places that actually help work with the homeless. Um, somebody apparently was overdosing in their car and officers uh, ended up having to Narcan this person. Mm-hmm. And the comment section was just fucking garbage. I thought drugs used to be illegal. What a shame. You know, I thought this problem was going to solve itself. And I'm like, and so I, st- I, you know, I started clicking on some of these profiles to see what they look like. And there are mm-hmm. any number of people who are like, I'm pro-life. And I'm like, are you? Right, right. Are you really? You know, and it, it just like, it was really frustrating. Like uh, one comment, you know, sometimes it's really hard for me to bite my tongue. And they're like, I thought, I thought, you know, these drugs were illegal and that you couldn't do them. Oh, for God's sakes, they are illegal still. Yes. That's the problem. That's what keeps this addict in their car as opposed to somewhere where they could get help when they're overdosing. And on top of that, it, it, having something be illegal never stopped them from doing it before. Yeah, right. Like, what do you expect? It's like, you know, the cops magically poof, aha, an illegal thing has happened. Right. <clears throat> That's not how it works, number one. And number two, if people are doing this shit anyways, now instead of having a dispersed force trying to figure out, you know, where people are doing this, mm-hmm. you could give them a safe spot to be doing this, places where they're not going to be getting 
additional, you know, any other diseases, number one, that they're going to have resources available in case of an overdose, number two, or, you know, better yet, have a bunch of services available to them. So that way, if they choose to get clean, they have that right. option of a roof over their head and services to take advantage of. That's right. <clears throat> It's Making better to it's better to make the mistake in front of the the remedies than it is to make the mistake isolated and scared to tell anybody it's happening. A lot of these people that are working in these centers are actually former addicts, which mm -hmm. I think is kind of scary for an addict. You know what I mean? When I think if I was a crack addict, if I was a cokehead and I watched somebody snorting coke, I might want coke. So how strong are those people? Like, as I've been there and I've overcome that, I could watch somebody do Coke now and be like, Ew. <laughs> but before never. <laughs> and that's, and that's the thing about it is, is that hmm. by having a place for people to do this stuff and having services available to keep them alive, that, that is only solving part of the problem. Uh -huh. The, 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 the illegality of it never did anything to stop the problem clearly right you know it's and i don't know how much else you need to see in order to understand that you know you made it illegal and it didn't work right okay so now what is going to work let's find oh, out well we know what has kept people alive you know having services available to you know narcan people who are overdosing okay well mm -hmm. we figured out how to keep people alive let's go chase them and find them <laughs> but that doesn't solve the problem of you know what's going on in the first place right and when you don't have those services available how you know what do you expect you're not going to see somebody get clean or get off of the system or you know just be completely neglected uh, stop right. being neglected unless they have something available to them in order to help get them into the place that they need to be or want to be. Mm -hmm. And if this and, idea didn't work, it would fail. Right. And if it's good, it'll expand. So mm -hmm. there's a, I and, mean, it's, it's, there's a need for it that keeps it in business. If it wasn't being useful, if it wasn't being helpful, if it wasn't doing its job, then it wouldn't be in existence anymore. But people have a safe place to go and drink their alcohol. Why can't people mm -hmm. have a safe space to go and do their drugs? Mm -hmm. And, and like I said, you know, we've had how many decades, centuries of mm -hmm. things being illegal and that hasn't worked for some. That's the weird thing. Sorry. There's, um, there's, I mean, cocaine has always been illegal. Right. Unless you live in certain places where it, it helps you work more. Like meth has always been illegal. Unless you were a German soldier that they needed to work harder. <laughs> like, uh, you know, like alcohol but, was pro prohibition for a while until the rich people decided that they really liked it. So well, it's, that, it's illegal that for that some. They never, you know, you made, they made alcohol illegal and it actually led to the consumption of more alcohol. Right. That's my Surprise! point. You're not going to get rid of this stuff. You might as well be able. I, it's the, 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 the goal with anything is to make it safe. Like, believe it or not, cocaine has a use. Parts of it does. And if we can't research that stuff, then we'll never find a good use for it. But everything I mean, on the planet has a good use and a bad use. You know, we've definitely found like a lot of good uses, you know, for a lot mm -hmm. of different things. You know, turns out mushrooms and MDMA are really great for people who have PTSD. Wait, who's got mushrooms? Wait, mushrooms? Who's got them? 
<laughs> I want to see pretty colors. I just want to have, you know, the thing about doing drugs is devoting the time for it. You know, acid used to take 12 hours and I'd be like, I'm not mm. doing anything else for 12 hours. You know? And then I'm I don't know. Sleeping. I ate a, I ate a nuclear weed cookie that left me high for fucking 36 hours. One time. Wow. That shit was fucking strong. Debbie was wrecked for 24 hours and had, and and yeah, Debbie had a crumb and I ate a half a fucking cookie. How how was her pain though? How was their pain? Did it help? Uh, how was how was your pain when you were nuked? Uh, uh it, it it intensifies their pain. Oh, okay. Because my so, friend my friend got high for the first time in like a year and he said his bones just completely cracked and he settled and it felt so great. One of our friends actually just tried uh weed for the first time and they've battled anxiety for a very long time and for the first mm-hmm. time ever they weren't anxious wow and so what, like, what's that like <clears throat> right <laughs> like so so i mean like that's the thing is is that you know there are uses mm-hmm. there have been known uses for some of these things for a very long time there's some things that you're never going to convince me of that there's a use like let's say fentanyl for example that stuff right. is so hard to control as it is is that natural or is that manufactured? Uh, manufactured. Yeah. See, there's the thing. But like, but even but even thing you know. But even then, things like um, let's say heroin, for example, is manufactured. Um, opioids. Manufactured. Well, heroin's a derivative. Opium's a derivative of a plant. The poppy. No, opium. Opi. Yeah. Oh, well, poppy. Opium. Opium comes from poppies, but uh, heroin and opioids are a derivative of opium. Right. You okay. can smoke opium all day long, and it you're not going to overdose from it. It'll actually knock you out. And that's why they that's have right. opium dens. That's right. Um, but you can't do heroin all day long and walk away from it. You can't do opioids all day long and walk away from it. Mm-mm. And that's, and that's the thing is, is, is that those derivatives, you know, like the, the natural plants have a lot of limiters built in and you'll knock yourself out. Like right. you'll never overdose on weed. You'll fucking end up falling asleep before you ever overdose on weed. <laughs> yeah. You might yeah. overdose. You, you might overdose a little bit on Girl Scout cookies or, or Cheetos. <laughs> Public Access America. It's always funny because like, especially because as you know, libertarians, we get a ton of shit. And even amongst other libertarians. We're... I think political philosophy is a lot like religion and where there's moments you have to go on faith and trust what somebody else is saying. The main the main focus is it's like less dependence on the government because, well, we've seen how that's gone. And you don't have to do that if you think about it in a human way. You know, more dependence on connections with each other. But you can always bring it back to what would one human do for another? What would a hundred do for a hundred? People looking out for people. Find Public Access America anywhere you find your favorite podcast every Sunday and Thursday. And join the chat on YouTube at Public Access America every Sunday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Communities looking out for community. Public Access America. History in the making, making history in the making, in the making, in the making, in the making. But I should say, we always talk about that. But the truth is, is that you could suffer a, a severe panic attack. Like if Absolutely. you're not, if you're not ready and prepared for the high you're about to have, a lot of people have had the anxiety to the point of panic attacks and right. that's a real thing. So you have to be careful. Like don't smoke an entire blunt your first time. <laughs> like, uh-huh. It's okay. It's okay to just take a hit, walk away and see, 
what happens. Exactly. You know? <laughs> you know, because, because sometimes that stuff takes a minute to set in and you're going to, and you'll That's be like, right. Oh yeah. No, you take a couple of hits and you're like, I don't feel anything. So then you end up yeah. taking like five more huge hits. And then the first two set in, you're like, Oh fuck. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, or, well, you know, you're, you start off with, you know, you're like, Oh fuck it. I'll, I'll have a whole edible. And then you just lay there on the couch, like a, <laughs> like a fucking pile of jello, or you take a third of an edible and you're like, Mm, it's time mm. to make some art. Yes, I saw that on Instagram. I love it. Debbie had a new picture up on Instagram, so let's. And, check and that I out. don't even know that Debbie actually didn't you know, had any edibles. <laughs> Debbie's just like normally a fucking fantastic artist as it is. Right, normally creative. Did you De do any edibles last night? Ah, oh, there was some edibles involved. All right, edibles but, but, make but the world Debbie, go round. Now, this is one where you know what you'll what you got to do is you'll have to you'll have to talk to Debbie about creativity process and mm -hmm. alcohol and edibles. Um, I think that's a fantastic one because Debbie like blew my mind about how people are able to create. Okay, you know, like I think I think that would be a fun one for you guys to talk about sometime. All right, coming up next on Public Access America in a sudden third hour let's do it <laughs> <laughs> so sorry i will i will take davi on any topic at any time anywhere oh yeah no one of these days one of these days we'll have to get we'll have to get davi on there mm -hmm. you know and and then of course you know we're talking at one point about having jay come on and talk about a kid's perspective and in, in all of this and, and right the where the world sits in in general because honestly, I think half of our audience really believes that you are both Jeffrey and Devi. Well, there's there is no way that I'm Devi. I'm too ugly to be Devi, and <laughs> I definitely don't have the art skills to be Devi. That's so. Funny. I, I don't know that there's enough edibles that I can I can make or I can have in order to make art. Right. I mean, I can definitely put something down on a canvas, but it ain't art. But it is. But it is. No, it's well. I mean. I mean, Debbie does have this fondness for this uh, penis truck that I accidentally made. Uh, nice. On trip, which I have not shown them the penis truck. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, I'm supposed to show you guys the penis truck. Nice. I'll say disaster, disaster over time equals art. <laughs> well, like, I mean, I and I'm a disaster. Some, so the I've thing made is, some horrible art, and then like a few months later, looked at it and went, "That's weird. I like that." <laughs> so, they, so they say it's not terrible, but like compared to the fact that I'm surrounded by actual artists who make actual art, mm -hmm. I look like I look like the the kid. In, I look like Billy Madison in kindergarten art class. Is what I look like. Perfect. So here is. I don't know if it's gonna even let you see it. Not with the background. Oh nope. Let me, let's see I if can I can turn the it. background off here for a second. I love it. We need it for <sighs> the penis penis truck. And Let Jeffrey, when you right when now. you're surrounded by artists, you are their art. Okay, there we go. Oh, there you go. What's wrong so, with that? So what it started off with originally was this right here going up and down, and then you had the head and the tip. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. Like, I, you know, my buddy and I, we had been drinking already and, uh, what ended up happening was we, uh, we decided that, you know, uh, 
like this was a great idea. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do art. I didn't realize that what we were going to be doing was a fucking paint and sip. I'm like, right. Oh Christ, this is going to be terrible. And I start drawing and I'm like, uh Oh, I accidentally painted a penis. <laughs> and, and, and my buddy is looking at me. He's like, Oh shit. What did you do? And I'm like, Oh fuck. And I sent the picture to Debbie and, and Debbie goes, Oh shit. It's a penis abort, abort, do something. That's, that's hilarious. So for my wedding, oh my god, we're all fucking dying. For my wedding, my wife got some um, candle um, vases and mm-hmm. some heart heart shaped like things to put the put it in, you know. And when she put the vase in the heart shaped container, it looked like a pair uh, like a penis with a pair of balls. <laughs> <laughs> and she had, she had she had made twenty of them for all the tables for the reception before somebody went. That looks like a penis. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's a few people out there that have wanted to set a penis on fire. They just didn't realize that it was going to be, you know, in candle form. Oh. Ow. Ow. What? Are you imagining somebody lighting, you know, sticking a wick down your fucking pee hole? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And lighting it? Sounds bad, man. That sounds bad. That's one birthday I don't want to celebrate. So do you have any (laughs) final, do you have any final recommendations, insights, um, inspirations, words, comments, suggestions? I don't know. Um, I think my, my final insights, words, inspirations are, you know, it's been a long two years. Go find, uh, go find some, you know, woods to go get lost in for an afternoon. Nice. I'm looking forward to doing that myself. Um, except, you know, right now I, I live in Washington Springs, so Washington winter. So it's rainy and cold and Muddy. I don't exactly, yeah. Getting lost out in the woods right now just does not sound like a good time, but I'm mm-hmm. ready to go do that and, you know, feel the warmth of me, me not just sitting on the couch. You know, I live eight miles away from the Gulf. And I am looking to get on a boat and go out there this year, you know? Hell yeah. Might as well. Yeah. It's a, it's about time to do things with people I trust out, out in public. <laughs> it is, you yeah. know, we, and that's the thing is like, like I said, we've got a ton of tools now. Like there's mm-hmm. no reason why it's, you know, we can do this. We can get there. Right. And so my recommendation is 1984, the movie, cause it just came out on Hulu. And for some reason I decided to watch it, you know? Old movies, they don't have the effect that new movies have. They're not built to engage you. They're built from an artist's perspective. And so mm-hmm. I, 1984 isn't one of those things where you feel it. And when, when it's done, you're like super mad. But what will happen, like um, Citizen Kane for me and the Maltese Falcon and uh, 1984, you know, Animal Farm, these are things that I will quote for the rest of my life. And what, every time people mention something now, I just think of 1984. <laughs> so I suggest yeah. watching that because a lot of people use the term Orwellian, you know, like a judge used that, you know, your tech techniques are Orwellian. And what mm-hmm. they mean is 1984. It's a derivative mm-hmm. of that where you are told by the leader what to think and nothing else is the truth. And I thought that was really interesting in this world of manipulation because I, I, I took a perspective that Republicans want to 
tag democracy as socialism so that their brand of communism looks like democracy. And I was on that tangent this week and then 1984 came up and it just gave me this weird spin. <laughs> right. So I'm happy to dump that off right now and never consider it again. Sounds great to me. Check it out. All right. I love you. Um, thanks for being here. Yeah, dude. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and a yielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. Nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, they will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. Ask not. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. My poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. To public, to public access, access America. America. Yes, we can. Sunday live streams Sunday on live YouTube. Streams. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter, on Twitter, Twitter. What? Apple Podcasts, Podcast. Stitcher, Stitcher Smart, Smart Radio, Radio, Radio Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access public America. Access history America. in the making. Making history in the making. credit card bill.